And uh, I know that there has been a lot of trials for everyone in the past few weeks. Um, on top of celebrating our Savior, I know some people, you know, I, I was talking to somebody just the other day that they said, you know, we had our Christmas tree up and we are all so sick over Christmas we didn't even get to celebrate. And uh, I know that's been a, a tough one for a lot of people. And so to really just to focus us in, um, I've decided that we are going to get into a series that can just really help us to focus on the Lord in 2022. Let's start the year right, amen? I mean, uh, Dylan came up here and he was talking about how, you know, we set New Year's resolutions and we set these goals and they're high and lofty goals but I really want us to focus in on one of those goals, and, and I hope and pray that this is the goal of everyone in this new year, is to grow in the Lord this year. You know, um, if we want to change in the way that we operate in life, if we want to be better husbands, better wives, if we want to be better workers, better employers, if we want to be better teachers, better students, if we want to be better in our life and in our relationship, that comes only from a transformed life. And so I hope you guys realize that everything that we do here as a church is to help facilitate that transformation and that growth in your life. And it's all up to you guys to let you know, to grasp it and to want it and to step into that. Well, today we're starting a new series on prayer. And today I just want to start by telling you to stop. Have you ever had one of those days when work was just so overwhelming that when you got home, you just kept the lights off and you sat. You just, you just went into that one chair. You know what I'm talking about. We all have that one chair in the house. For me, it's my rocker. You go to that one chair and you just sit in the dark and in the quiet. And somebody turns on the lights and they're like, oh, I didn't know you got here. Shh. Have you ever had that day that it was just so busy? And when you got home and you went to go take a shower, you just sat there and let the water run in that heat, hitting your back for an hour or two. <laughs> and then you get that knock on the door. Honey, are you alive? You guys are laughing because you guys all can relate to these, that's why. There's no noise, just the sound of the water hitting. It's nice and peaceful. And you just unwind. You ever had one of those days or mornings that you just woke up, made your cup of coffee, and you just sat in the backyard? And you watch the clouds, or the birds, or the butterflies, whatever it might be. Or maybe you're one of those that your unwind is to get into the car and just drive around. No radio, no nothing, just you in the car driving. It seems like when 
we're done, when we feel like we're spent, one of our things to get refueled is to get off by ourselves and just be alone and have a peaceful moment, right? That's why we can all relate to that. Just to reduce that stress and help it feel lifted in that moment. You know, just having that water beat over us or that cup of coffee in the morning and, and, and sitting in the rock or whatever it might be, whatever it is, it feels like the stress starts to evaporate. Why? Because to stop and take a moment is part of what God has created us to do. To stop and have a refrain. To stop and take it in. To have a moment. And it's in those moments that we learn the most about God and about ourselves, isn't it? You know, it wasn't until the stillness and the quiet as Elijah was climbing the mountain that he could hear God's still, small voice. In Genesis 1, it wasn't until the earth was void and formless and there was nothingness, the expanse of the world. It was just completely a quietness in the cosmos that God spoke. And when He spoke, amazing things happened. Time happened. Heaven happened. Earth created. Man, animals, stars, they shine, they glisten. And it seemed as though everything began singing the praise of the Savior at once. And it all started from stillness and silence. In Exodus 3, we see Moses living a lonely, solitude life. He'd been preserved in chapter 1. And in chapter 2, he was a special baby that was being raised by the, the daughter of the Pharaoh. But then things go completely silent in his life. There's a gap of silence and solitude, of quietness and nothingness. But then God spoke in the form of a burning bush. In the moment of silence, in the moments of calm, in the moments that seem like nothing is coming, that's where God's greatest lessons are. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Psalm chapter 46. We're going to zero in on one verse, but that one verse is going to give us some huge lessons. Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. Stop. Cease striving. The word cease in the Hebrew is the word harpur. And it means to stop. It's not a Miami stop either. 
It's not a, you know, there's a stop sign there and there's no one around. I'm just going to roll through it. It's not the Miami circles that everybody just goes ahead. Everybody gets there at the same time. It's just, you know what? I'm going. I got the biggest car. That means I get to go. It's not a Miami stop. No, this is a complete stop. Drop it all. Stillness. Stop to know God. Let that sink in for a second as you read it over again for yourself. I'm going to give you guys a moment. Take a look at those powerful words up there. Stop to know God. Cut out your distractions in life just for a moment. Cut out the stresses in life just for a moment. Stop worrying about your bills. Stop worrying about your children. Stop worrying about your health. Stop worrying about the world. Stop worrying about things. And take in God. In the quietness of your soul. Just for a moment. When you stop to pause, you notice what's truly going around you, don't you? When you wait and you think, what ends up happening is you realize in life that you're not the only one. That the world truly isn't revolving around you. You know, I know that most Cuban parents raise their children to think that the world revolves around them, that literally the cosmos are orchestrated around their life. And I know I'm blowing a lot of your minds right now. Whoa, it doesn't revolve around me. No, the truth is the Bible's telling us to stop and realize creation. Stop and think and ponder about the one who created it all. Stop and think and take in his greatness. Stop and take in the enormity of our God. Stop and have a moment where you drop away all your worries and your doubts and your fears. And you see the fingerprint of the Mighty One all around you. Stop striving. Stop being busy in your struggle. Stop trudging through life blind to all creation that's all around you, to the birds, to the trees, to the bees, to the flowers. Stop and take in and enjoy God. Stop and behold His creativity. The hand of Yahweh. The words of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus tells us, hey, you know what? Tomorrow it has more worries. Don't, don't, don't focus on worries and doubts. Why? Because tomorrow has more worries of its own. Matthew 6.33, so focus on the things that are 
you know, are above, seated at the right hand of God. Colossians lets us know that as well. I mean, there's so many things that it's telling us. Just go ahead and focus on God in the heavenlies. Focus on Jesus Christ, your Savior, and what he has done for you. And focus on his creation that you're surrounded by. The same God, brothers and sisters, that created the skies and the birds and the seasons and the rains. The same God that created the sun. The same God that created the moon and the stars and everything that surrounds us is the same God that is at work in your very life. And if that God can orchestrate the seasons, if that God can hold the world and the cosmos in his hand, if that God can do all those things and orchestrate all those things and work all those things, then what can he do in your life? That's why the psalmist tells us to take a moment and just stop and take all of that in in that moment. So stop. Jesus is in his time with his disciples had done so many miracles, didn't he? Jesus did so many wonderful things on this earth. But you know, when it came down to his disciples asking to learn something from Jesus, when they came and they asked for life lessons from Christ, from the creator of this world, from the savior of this world, you know the thing that they asked him to teach them? Jesus, teach us how to take this all in. Jesus, teach us how to communicate with God. Of all the miracles they could have asked, I mean, let's just think about it for a second. They had seen Jesus heal lepers. They had seen Jesus turn water into wine. And not just regular wine, not just cheap wine, the best of wines. It said that the host came and said, wow, when everybody else gives everybody the cheap wine when they're drunk, this guy's taking out the best. He saved the best for the last. Of Jesus healing people with sickness and blindness and muteness and casting out demons. Jesus standing on a mountainside and preaching for hours. The one thing that they asked Jesus to teach them with all earnestness and, and, and importance. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Go there if you will with me. Luke 11. Verse 1. It happened that while Jesus was praying, that after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Of all the things that they recognized in the strength and relationship that Jesus had, they came up to Jesus and they said, Jesus, we need you to teach us how to pray. Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to talk to God. How, teach us how to be with Him. You see, they, they saw Jesus and the strength of His ministry coming from a strong prayer life. 
All through the Gospels, it tells us about Jesus getting alone to pray in the morning, in the mountainside, in the garden at night. Off by Himself, or before a miracle, He would raise His eyes to the heavens and pray out loud, and He would say, Jesus, God, I'm not doing this because You can't hear me if I pray to my, you know, one-on-one. I'm praying so everybody could benefit. saw that the power and strength came from the time alone with God. By stopping and dropping and ceasing all things and just dropping all things aside and recharging your battery by going to God in time in prayer. He recharged his soul. Mark 1.35, take a look with me if you will. Mark 1.35, it says this. In the early morning, while it was still dark out, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a secluded place and was praying there. Before praying, before teaching the Sermon on the Mount, the Scripture tells us that Jesus went up on the mountainside by Himself, found a secluded place, and He prayed. And then his disciples found him, and he began to teach them. Take time with God. Jesus stopped to be with the Father. There's so much that we need to take in here in this small couple verses that we just went over. The fact that the Creator, the Savior of the world, God in flesh, had to take time to be by Himself with God and pray. To fill His soul. To nourish Himself with that alone time with God. What does that speak to you and I? How much more do we need that time with God where we go off by ourselves and we just feed our soul in prayer with nothing else distracting us? How much more do we need that? Jesus, when He was teaching us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, He says, hey, when you are praying, go off and be by yourself. If you have to go and get into a prayer closet, There was not a specific place called a prayer closet, people. I just got to let you guys know that. When he says go into a prayer closet, he's saying, you know what? Get away from people. And get into the presence of God. And go and talk. And that's what Jesus did. In these passages, there's a few things that we learn. First, Jesus, he isolated himself to recharge. Jesus prayed alone. There was many times in Jesus' ministry he prayed with people. He prayed over people. He prayed for people. But when Jesus was recharging his soul, he would go off and he would go escape and pray by himself. He would recharge himself. He would go and spend time with God. Sometimes it said after he sent the crowds away, he would spend time alone with God. 
It says, while it was still early morning, it was still dark, and everyone was sleeping. Where he knew no one could come and say, hey, Jesus, I had a question about this. Or, Jesus, I need you to heal this. Or, Jesus, you know, I got this funny-looking mole. Can you take a look at it? I don't know if that happened, but whatever. You know what I mean. In fact, the next few verses, verse 36, it says that the disciples, they went out to search for him. As much as Jesus understood the value of praying with others and for others, he understood the need to pray alone. To have that Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes it's important for us to just be still with God. But the only way to do this in this very hectic culture of ours today is to get off undistracted. And sometimes that, again, is in that shower or with that cup of coffee or in the backyard or driving by ourselves. Second, it says that Jesus prayed in nature. It says a lot of times he would go off in the mountainside or he would get into the Garden of Gethsemane. We see so many instances of Jesus' prayer where he's just off secluded in wilderness by himself. Psalm 19.1, it says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God and the expanse is declaring of the work of his hands. You see why Jesus would go off by himself to pray? Luke 6.12, it says, One of these days Jesus went off on the mountainside to pray. Matthew 26, he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane because he wants to plead to the Yahweh, the Father above. He could do that at home, couldn't he? I mean, he's God in flesh. He could, he could be with God anywhere he wants. Just like you can be with God anywhere you want with the Holy Spirit living in you as a seal, as a promise of what we will get. You could be with God anywhere, can't you? But Jesus was teaching us a lesson that we need to get off into the expanse, into the, away from the created stuff that we do into the creation of God to connect with Him special. To take in His fingerprint and not our fingerprint. To take in His creation and not our creation. To take in His... May God-made rather than man-made. Romans 1, it tells us that God cre has, has created the expanses so we can look at them and realize that there is a God out there. So Jesus went off to where no human hands had created and He spoke to God the Father. He went off to the solitude of nature to be in the presence of God. He went to God where God made the temples. Where God made the spires. Where God made the cathedrals. Where God made the beauty. And he went off to pray in the nature that God had spoken to existence. For us to grow in our prayer life, we need to follow the example of the Savior. 
When life is crashing around us and it feels like we're drowning, it's not to worry more and it's not to, 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 to get around more people and, and get more advice. It's more for us to get secluded and be with God and talk to God. When it feels like you're back to the grindstone. Or like you're being closed in. Or like the wave after wave of the world is crashing upon you. When it feels like you have no energy. Or to follow the example of our Savior. And go off by yourself to be with God. You know, we often take moments in life to honor our fallen heroes. And we do it with a moment of silence, don't we? On September 11th, we, we, we take that, that moment that they, Twin Towers fell, and we, we give it that moment of silence. On Memorial Day, we take a moment to recognize those who had fallen. On Veterans Day, we, we stand and we recognize and we clap for those who have served. When somebody's wounded, we honor them. When somebody's dead, we, we sit sullenly and we think about them and what they've done. It's a way to keep the memory alive and to pay respect and really just cement into our minds never to forget, right? It makes us tearful. Sometimes it fills us with pride. It reminds us of the, what greatness looks like, doesn't it? Of men running back into a burning building. Where everybody else would be running away. These are moments for people that we do. In the heart of this passage, in Psalm 46.10, it says, cease your striving and have a moment with God. Be fearful. Be in awe. Be overwhelmed. Be tearful. Be full of gladness. Enter into the presence of your Savior. Stop and know God. Take Him in and be with Him for that moment. Release your stress. Release your doubts. Release your burdens to the Creator and the lover of your soul. Stop for a moment. Cease your striving. Be still. And talk to Abba, Father, Dad, Creator. God speaks to our hearts in the quietness with a still small voice. And the words that He echoes inside of us, if we listen quietly, it's the words, you're mine. I love you. And I'm here. 
when the world condemns us, when the world throws our sins at us, when, when we feel the waves crashing in, when we feel the stresses of work and, and all the things that we're having to juggle and do at the same time, God's voice calls us child. God's voice calls us eternal heirs to a kingdom, heirs to a throne, calls us loved. So listen to his still small voice. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you because you call us child. You call us into a meaningful relationship with you. We could do great things, Lord. But Lord, if we're not being recharged, if we're not going with you, if we're not connected to you, What's it all for? You call us to have a moment. And not just once a month, not just once a week. Lord, to call to you at all times. But Lord, the importance of recharging our life. The importance of recharging our soul by being still with you. By going off by ourselves, By being in your presence in nature, Lord calling out, Abba, Father. Lord, there's so many lessons within this. Of all the things the disciples could have wanted to learn, it was about a dynamic relationship about the life of recharging our life, recharging our soul, of bearing ourselves before the King. Lord, help us to realize that if you needed that relationship in prayer, being God in flesh, how much more do we need to go to you every day Lord, do we need to just cut the stresses in life and the worries and the doubts and the fears and the failures? We just need to pause and we need to think. We need to take you in. Lord, I pray that's exactly what we would do. That we'd cease our striving. We'd cease the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And we would go to you. Cease striving and know Yahweh. Know Jesus, our Savior. Know God. Lord, one way in our life, in this or the next, you will be exalted among the nations. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that doesn't know the Creator, doesn't know the beauty of being able to call out to the one who's the maker and the lover of our souls. 
doesn't know the joy of being able to call out Father, doesn't know the security of being able to call you Savior. I pray that right now, in the quietness and the stillness of this room here, that this truth rings in their life. That there's nothing they can do to earn salvation. That there's nothing they can do to get to eternity with you in heaven. Because you did it all. Jesus did it all. By coming as God in flesh and living the perfect life. And then taking our sins and our wrongs and dying on the cross. Our judgment was placed on that cross. And our death was died that day. But Lord, you conquered that sin and you conquered death by raising again three days later. And the Bible tells us by believing that Jesus died for us and rose again, we can have eternal life. It's not about the things you do, it's about what Jesus did and believing that he did that for you. If right now in the stillness of this room and the quietness of your heart, you want to let me know, Pastor, pray for me. I'm putting my trust in Jesus as my Savior right now. I'm trusting that Jesus died for me and rose again so I can have eternal life. Could you just raise your hand and let me know? Pastor, pray for me. I'm putting my trust right now in Jesus as my Savior. Lord, I pray that we would make a commitment in this new year to prayer. Lord, prayer can move mountains. Lord, prayer can still the chaos in our life. And Lord, prayer alone with You can help us see the greatness of our Father above. If we would just be still and know that You are who You are and You still sit upon that throne. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.